Hey, welcome in to episode show number 60, the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Jaguars 1-0 in the preseason. Coming off a 28-23 win over the Cowboys in the Dallas, Texas area. Now the Jaguars have been scrimmaging up in Detroit. And they've been at the uh, Detroit Lions practice facility. There's been scrimmaging going on for the last couple of days. There's been some good matchups. We understand that right tackle, offensive tackle, late first round pick Anton Harrison was holding his own with Aiden Hutchinson from Detroit, looking really good at times. So that's some of the good news we're getting out of training camp and particularly out of this scrimmage on the road up in Detroit that Anton Harrison, he must be over that sore shoulder by now because he was really holding his own with uh, number two overall pick Aiden Hutchinson who was picked one pick after Trayvon Walker in the 2022 late April NFL draft so news out of the scrimmage what I'm hearing is uh, Anton Harrison who's projected to be the starting obviously the starting right tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars holding his own with Aiden Hutchinson I've never really been a big fan of Aiden Hutchinson, although he's a pass rusher. He'll get to the quarterback as much as he can. Not sure he's a three-down defensive end, but he's going to be paid that way probably in the long run. But I'll tell you, we'll see what happens. Jadavian Clowney uh, apparently was in Baltimore to talk to them. Still the available pass rusher. I'm not a big fan of Clowney. I think when I watched him play in a game in Jacksonville back when he played for who the Texans, I believe, he was drafted high in the draft. I mean, you know he was. I mean, he was way up there. Top five pick in the first round. Never really lived up to it. Was a great college football player at South Carolina. But he's talked to Baltimore and Jacksonville. Has not as of yet worked out anything. We'll keep an eye on that. I think that's got to be a incentive-laden contract if G- GM Trent Balky were to pull the trigger on getting Jadavian Clowney. It hadn't happened yet. Um, maybe it's posturing. Maybe, maybe Clowney goes somewhere right before the season starts. The cuts are going to come up late August. That's going to be a job getting the roster just down to 53 and setting your practice squad for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, you know, plus all the other NFL teams will be doing the same thing. So training camp news, looks like Anton Harrison got kind of a blue star playing against Aiden Hutchinson in the scrimmages up in Detroit. He's healthy. Right tackle Anton Harrison. Young, though. I mean, he's an agile player, a strong player. Um, I think he plays bigger than he looks. Um, Strong guy that can move. Still working on his technique, but has good technique. I think right tackle Anton Harrison is going to be a good player for the Jaguars. Keep him healthy. He had the one issue with the sore shoulder. You know, a few days or probably now a few weeks back. The Jaguars play preseason game number two. Talking to my correspondent, uh, John Gaylor. John believes the Jaguars probably going to 
rest most of the starters this game and maybe play them a little bit in the Miami game, the Miami game at home, which would be the third preseason game. The Detroit game is kind of a rare afternoon game. We saw these afternoon games during preseason years and years ago that most of them were scheduled in the afternoon, some in the evening in hot weather cities. Up in Detroit, though, I guess everybody's hot during the summertime, though, right? But it's uh, it's August as we record this podcast. It is absolutely August the 18th. The season's creeping up on us. Jaguars play in Detroit. It's a 1 o'clock kickoff uh, this Saturday afternoon. That's going to be this Saturday afternoon, August the 19th, preseason game number two. Maybe the, the interesting competition besides, you know, the running back room, I think uh, Jermichael Hasty. he's probably hoping to get more carries. I don't think he got any carries, but he did catch a pass out of the backfield. He's got to be your number two guy based on what he did last year. But then you got Tank Bigsby coming on strong. Snoop Connor trying to keep his roster spot, the second-year guy out of Ole Miss. And the Browns running back that the Jags signed out of free agency, typically backup guy. What's his name? Johnson, right? Um, I think he played okay in the in the uh, the first preseason game. So, by the way, Trayvon Walker, according to uh, I talked to John Gaylor, he he thought Trayvon only played a couple of series in the first preseason game. So, not really anything that's going to show up in the stat sheet. I checked the stat sheet. I didn't really see Trayvon Walker in the stat sheet. But again, apparently, he only played you know two series in the first preseason game, the 28-23 to victory over Dallas. More of the Teal Shirt Report podcast coming right up. Stand by and stay tuned. Hey, this is the Teal Shirt Report Podcast, episode show number 60. Want to talk about Saucer Realty and Capital for your real estate needs. Remember, Larry Saucer and Saucer Realty and Capital, whether it's home, residential, business, or commercial real estate, Saucer Realty and Capital, they can take care of your real estate needs. They do, you know, valuations of property, too. Uh, Larry's been doing property appraisal for a long, long time, a lot of experience with that. And it does help with all the services he offers with Saucer Realty and Capital. You'll find the link to Saucer Realty and Capital for your real estate needs uh, for North Florida and surrounding area by going to our website at bigjreport.com. Lake Uvala Hits, lakeuvalahits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. They now have uh, Midnight Rock. Midnight Central Time, 1 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time for you late night uh, rock guys. Album tracks, deep cuts, some unique songs. Midnight Rock at LakeUpallahits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. During the banker's hours, Monday through Friday from morning till afternoon, they got the recognizable and identifiable hits. It's 2000s, Monday through Friday nights, and Rock Saturdays to give you some more rock on Saturday as well. LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio where it's absolutely all good. 
I had an opportunity to be a guest on Mad Max's show um, this past Wednesday. And Max and I talked a little football, talked about BigJReport.com and this podcast, the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Make sure you tune in for the Mad Max Mix. Dot Weebly.com, MadMaxMix.Weebly.com. Wednesday night, it's the Internet Radio Wednesday Night Music Request Show from 6 till 8 o'clock Central Time, 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock Eastern Time. Mad Max will play the Led Zeppelin, the Beatles, Pink Floyd, Atlanta Rhythm Section, uh, Steely Dan, Alicia Bridges, Gary Wright, Leonard Skinner, and much, much more. Each Wednesday night, go to our website at BigJReport.com. Scroll the Neighbors 2 page. You'll find a link to Mad Max's show right there on the Neighbors 2 page or the outside the box section at BigJReport.com. That's Mad Max Mix. Special, special mix of music on Wednesday nights at MadMaxMix.Weebly.com. We had a chance to be on the show uh, last Wednesday and enjoy talking to Max about, you know, football, music, Etc. and stuff going on with bigjreport.com. And of course, not only bigjreport.com, but our Teal Shirt Report podcast that you're listening to uh, right now. And thank you very, very much for listening. Check out the xfltoday.net. Follow the league and take a look at, you know, all the things that, you know, happened with the scores, uh, the stories, even a couple of videos up there at xfltoday.net with the XFL season that uh, actually just concluded a few weeks ago. xfltoday.net. By the way, it's still training camp. Training camp mixed in now with preseason games. The scrimmage up in Detroit. You know, for the game that will, everything will culminate with the preseason game at 1 o'clock this Saturday afternoon on August the 19th between the Jaguars up in the Detroit area at the Detroit Lions. Preseason game number two, Jaguars coming off the, um, actually the 28-23 win over the Cowboys last week. Besides Anton Harrison holding his own with Aiden uh, Hutchinson with the Lions, um, I, you know, I hear that Calvin Ridley caught a deep ball against Detroit in the scrimmage, man, he's ready to break loose in the regular season, but I want to see regular season Ridley. Let's see him do it in the regular season. He hasn't played a regular season football game in quite a while, probably a year and a half or more due to the suspension, you know, for the gambling on NFL games, the league basically kicked him out for a year, suspended him for, what, over a year? Now he's back, looks healthy, looks good, catching the ball, making great extension catches with his arms, running polished routes, and becoming probably, the hope is, becoming Trevor Lawrence's main and best deep threat. Christian Kirk, very good receiver, caught a lot of balls last year for the Jaguars. Caught a lot of balls the year before that when he was an Arizona Cardinal. So you still expect a lot of catches. And for Christian Kirk to be a big part of the offense as well as Calvin Ridley. And Zay Jones also, the number uh, three guy. But I was told that Calvin Ridley, Calvin Ridley did catch a deep ball 
in the scrimmaging going on at Detroit over the last couple of days. Preseason game will culminate in all the scrimmaging. Jaguars play at Detroit this Saturday afternoon, 1 o'clock in preseason game number two. The Jacksonville Jaguars at the Detroit Lions this Saturday afternoon, August the 19th at 1 o'clock p.m. We'll keep up with it as well. So the, the main thing I heard about the scrimmages was Ridley caught a deep ball. Anton Harrison really holding his own against Aiden Hutchinson. Trayvon Walker is quoted as saying he's working to get better every day. And that's some of what's going on at training camp. The Jags made a move uh, a few days ago. Jaguars signed former Rams and Vikings offensive tackle Bobby Evans. And this is simply a move to give the Jags more competition during training camp and also more depth. So the Jags have, you know, multiple offensive tackles now. Cam Robinson, by the way, suspended for the first four games of the season due to PEDs. Cam will be back in game five unless there's some kind of trade that's, you know, worked out. Cam's due to make a lot of money. He's going to miss a lot of money, missing the first four game checks with the uh, PED suspension, but he'll be back in game five. He's suspended for the first four games of the season. On the offensive line, an offensive line, um, I should say on the, the front of the offensive line, Ben Barch projected to be the starting left guard again, although he missed most of last year with an injury. Ben Barch, when he was up in St. John's, Minnesota, playing offensive tackle in small, smaller college football, drank smoothies to put on weight. He's been with the Jags. I think this is his fourth year, so it's a critical year for Ben Barch. Projected to be the starting left guard. Let's hope he plays well this year. I understand he's off the pup list, which means he should be ready to play football. Again, the Jaguars also signed former uh, Rams and Vikings offensive tackle Bobby Evans. Um, this took place uh, earlier this week, about August 13th. The Jacksonville Jaguars signed veteran offensive tackle Bobby uh, Bobby Evans and placed tight end Sammy Rios on the reserve uh, retired uh, list. So that's kind of what happened in a transaction, you know, earlier in the week. I say transaction. Well, the, the, the Jags did sign a guy uh, who's no longer with the Rams, but now he's on the Jaguars. He was looking, you know, for a little money and, you know, he's looking for a job and he's ended up in Jacksonville probably as a backup offensive tackle at this point, or at least a guy that's going to provide some competition in training camp. Does he make the 53? Man, he's going to have to show up. It looks like to me what is happening is general manager Trent Baalke, I've got to say this about him. He is, He's developed and been building a lot of depth in all the rooms, the linebacker room, the running back room, now the offensive line room. He's got plenty of competition, plenty of guys at all position groups. I mean, look at quarterback. Trevor Lawrence is your starter till the cows come home, as long as he's healthy. C.J. Beathard's going to be the backup. Your number three guy, man, he played good against Dallas, didn't he? The third string guy, former Canadian Football League player, 
Rourke, I believe his last name is Rourke. He played well, scrambled, broke two or three tackles, and threw a touchdown pass in the fourth quarter against Dallas. Helped the Jaguars win that football game. Yeah, there's going to be some competition between Rourke and C.J. Beathard. I, I think C.J. Beathard's going to be the second-string guy. I think Rourke is going to try to make the roster. Possibly, you know, practice squad. But the Jags look pretty good at quarterback. I mean, Rourke played better than Beathard the first game. I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see a lot of Rourke and a lot of Beathard in preseason game two and preseason game three. Maybe a little bit of Trevor Lawrence for a series or two against Miami in the uh, the only home game of the preseason. When the following week after after the Detroit game, the Jaguars will host the Miami Dolphins. We got more of the Teal Shirt Report podcast coming up. This is episode show number 60. We got more coming up. Stick around and stay tuned. Okay, this is episode show number 60. Episode six zero, episode number 60 of season number four. I uh, looked over the roster. There is a guy. There is a guy that does wear um, number 60. He's actually a uh, backup center. His name is Darrell Williams. He's a backup center for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, six foot two, 304 pounds. Out of Mississippi State, uh, 26 years of age. Uh, originally from, it looks like, his hometown, Bessemer, Alabama. Backup center. Looks like he got good hands and um, 6'2". Probably won't play. Probably will play in the preseason games at Detroit and at home against Miami. But does he make the 53? Maybe not. Um, Darrell Williams got one-year experience in the league. We'll see if he latches on and is able to back up uh, Fortner. Um, there's a lot of decisions that have to be made during training camp. You get to the end of August and you're cutting down to 53. Then within a few hours, you're going to start putting the practice squad together. Is it a 10 man practice squad now or, or better maybe? So you're going to have a 53 and then a 10 man practice squad. Darrell Williams wears number 60, but he's basically a backup center. His hometown, Bessemer, Alabama, he played at Mississippi State. For the Mississippi State Bulldogs, he's got one-year experience in the league. So, Darrell Williams, center for the Jacksonville Jaguars, number 60. We're saluting Darrell Williams on episode show number 60, obviously, of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We do want to talk about another one of our sponsors, our good friend, Dee Dee McDermott. That's right. With elegant time travel and dark diamond entertainment, he told me a few days ago he's he's still putting together uh, potential trips to the Pro Football Hall of Fame up in Canton, Ohio. Should be exciting. And um, so make sure you give Dee Dee a call. Dee Dee McDermott, elegant time travel and dark diamond entertainment. Let me give you Dee Dee McDermott's phone number. He's got a 904 number right here in Jacksonville and North Florida. You can give him a call. Yes, you can uh, contact D.D. McDermott with Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment. 
give D.D. a call. He's putting together trips to the Pro Football Hall of Fame up in Ken, Ohio. I kind of got the feeling he's going to be leaving perhaps from a northern location and also a southern location. Still putting trips together. For more details, please contact D.D. McDermott. I'll give you the phone number. You can talk sports with D.D. He's a former uh, professional baseball player, former uh, major college baseball player as well. He loves to talk sports, too. Give D.D. McDermott a call with Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment presenting going to the to the Hall, the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. If you're interested in one of the upcoming trips, please give uh, D.D. McDermott a call. And his phone number, the 904 number to contact D.D. McDermott with Elegant Time Travel and uh, Dark Diamond Entertainment, 904. 442 3810 904 442 3810 for Didi McDermott and Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. This is episode show number 60. Thank you for listening in. Hey, breaking news. Breaking news on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Now, all of a sudden, fast forward to August 20th, and we got another preseason game in the books. Jaguars looking good. I mean, a lot more first downs for the Jaguars and the Lions. A lot more yardage. And basically, total domination, mainly by the backups. Now, what does this tell us? You know what it tells me? It says the Jaguars now are stronger top to bottom than they've been in quite a while. Still in all, General Manager Trent Baalke's got to uh, uh, cut the right ones and, and uh, or cut the, cut the ones. Yeah, I don't think you call them the wrong ones. There are going to be some pretty good players on the street that the Jaguars cut that other teams are going to, you know, basically um, they're going to want. They're going to salivate for some of these players the Jaguars cut. You get down to the 53, general manager Trent Bauk, he's got to pick the right guys. Jacksonville Jaguars, a 25-7 winner over the Detroit Lions at Ford Field up in Detroit. Uh, some good games were played by the backups, basically. I think the starters will play a little bit more in the Miami game at home. Um. You know, you hate to see some of what went on. Devon Hamilton, you know, got got hurt in this one, ended up on crutches. I'm sure we got to wait for the swelling to go down and see how long he's going to be out. You hate to lose that guy. He's your, you know, big nose tackle on 3-4. And, you know, you show a 4-3 look, he's a defensive tackle. Devon Hamilton just re-signed a new contract along with, you know, a few other players. Uh, Roy Robertson Harris re-signed too. The the main thing is the Jaguars got to stop the run, and that gives more pass rushing opportunities for the Josh Allen's of the world, Trayvon Walkers, and <clears throat> Caleb Chason. Is he going to be for real this year? He's got to make the fifty three. Also, um, cut down day is going to be an interesting one in very late August. Coming up in just a few days. Again, the happy score on the road. 
from the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Um, the Jaguars now 2-0 and in the preseason. The Jacksonville Jaguars 25, the Detroit Lions 7 on the road. So you got a couple of uh, preseason wins, absolutely back-to-back. Hey, congratulations to the National Arena League champion, Jacksonville Sharks, won the National Arena League a few days ago. We also want to congratulate the AIFA champion, the Columbus Georgia Lions. The EXFL playoffs are starting up. And lo and behold, the Clay County Florida Devil Dogs in their first year have made the playoffs as a four seed. There's four teams going uh, to the playoffs. And you know, I think Avion, Avion Hale, the commissioner of the EXFL, a league that's been around um, now for, I think, about five or six years. Avion gives me a lot of good stats, tells me, you know, the playoff games are actually, they were not this weekend. They're going to be next weekend. Um, I asked, I asked Avion, now this was my question to Avion today. Avion, what do you call your championship game? You know, after the, the two winners play, you know, basically you'll have uh, two winners from the semifinal games. He says he caught, we call it the X bowl. That's short, sweet, and very poignant. This is the 60-yard football league. Eight man on eight on a 60-yard field. It's kind of like indoor football, but outdoors in the elements. 60-yard field to give you an extra 10 yards, opposed to what, you know, indoor arena football does. The 2023 playoff picture of the EXFL has the South Florida Raptors as the number one seed. They'll play the Devil Dogs, the four seed, uh, coming up next weekend, um, Palm Beach Capos, the number two seed, will play the Pine County Falcons, the number three seed. So both of those games are going to be played at the home field of the team with the better record. So these games will be played, you know, deep uh, down in South Florida at the South Florida Raptors. South Florida Raptors, the number one seed, will be a home team. And the Palm Beach Capos will be a home team down in South Florida. Palm Beach Capos play a little little bit north of Miami. So you got four teams in the EXFL playoffs. The South Florida Raptors will host the Devil Dogs uh, next weekend. You know, depending on when you listen to this podcast, because very soon it's going to be actually this coming weekend, right? We're recording this podcast on Sunday, August the 20th. Again, congratulations to the National Arena League champion, Jacksonville Sharks, they were 54 to 45 winners over the Carolina Cobras a few days ago at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena, also known as the Shark Tank when the Jacksonville Sharks play there. So the Jacksonville Sharks, 45. No, no, let me back up on that score. What was it? Uh, man, let me grab that score. We got the scores. By the way, we got the scores on the website. I just want to make sure I've got it all correct. I know the Sharks won that game by nine points. Let's pull up the semi-pro football and indoor arena uh, results. Let's see that we do have. Give me a moment. We'll pull up, pull them up for you. Okay, we got some um, some good articles up. We're going to talk a lot of college football on the website too. Florida Gators will open at Utah on the last Thursday night in August. That kind of kicks off the college football season in 2023. Um, 
Yeah, taking a look at some um, in the world, in the underworld, actually, of semi-pro football. We mean it in a good way. In the world of semi-pro football, arena, indoor, and outdoor football, uh, here's a semi-pro football report. Where they come from behind victory, the Jacksonville Sharks win the National Arena League title in 2023. The Jacksonville Sharks 54, the Carolina Cobras 45. That's the final score was played back on Saturday night, August the 12th of 2023. Uh, Semi-Pro Football EXFL 8-man on 8 played on a 60-yard field. I believe we've got the last regular season week of results. Saturday, August the 12th, 2023 game results. Uh, week 6, they had a six-game uh, regular season. Um Game day results from week six, South Florida Raptors 20, Palm Beach Capo 6. Final score, both those teams will be in the playoffs. Uh, Pine County Falcons beat the Tri-County Steelers. Pine County Falcons 50, Tri-County Steelers 38. Pine County will be in the playoffs, but Tri-County Steelers will not. That's the final score. Pine County Falcons 50 to Tri-County Steelers 38, a final score. Clay County, Florida Devil Dogs won their final regular season game. Clay County, Florida Devil Dogs 50, Sanford Tomahawks 34, a final on Saturday, August the 12th of 2023. We gave you the pairings uh, for the playoffs uh, coming up, of course. The EXFL, eight man on eight football, played on a 60-yard field. Also, looking back at, um, you know, we did have the score of the, um, oh, the EAFL championship game was played back on Saturday night, way back on June 24th. South Florida Browns, 21. Georgia Cobras, 20. Close one-point game. That was probably one of the better championship games. And, again, we'll also mention that the uh, Columbus Georgia Lions won the AI. FA title, Columbus, Georgia had moved to a new league in um, for the 2023 season, and they won the title of the AIFA, and I think that league is going to be changing a little bit. Uh, they're going to change the letters on the league a little bit, and I think it's uh, going to probably be for the better, but uh, the Columbus, Georgia Lions did win the AIFA title, the AIFA indoor title, the Columbus, Georgia Lions 55 the Mississippi Raiders 10, a final score in indoor football way back on Saturday night, July the 15th of 2023. That game was played in Columbus, Georgia. I believe they call it the Civic Center up in Columbus, I believe, but it was in Columbus, Georgia at their indoor arena there where they, you know, they've had hockey in the past up there uh, in Columbus and, and um, you know, arena. the Columbus, Georgia Lions have been in, an arena or slash indoor football team for, I think, close to 16 years. But they've been in many different leagues, including the National Arena League. And this year they played in the AIFA. And the AIFA indoor title game, the Columbus Georgia Lions, blew out the Mississippi Raiders. Columbus Georgia Lions 55 and the Mississippi Raiders 10, a final score back on Saturday night, July the 15th of 2023 in Columbus, Georgia. So that's a little bit of a... A look at semi-pro football. Glad we could, you know, double check and do a double take on the uh, Sharks' victory in the National Arena League. We'll take a look at North Florida Entertainment coming up. Uh, a few final words about the Jags' playoff victory over the Detroit Lions coming up as well. You're tuned in to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Thank you for listening. 
Okay, I got I got stats from the Jaguars Lions game. Jaguars a winner twenty five to seven over the Lions on Saturday afternoon. Game was played on August the nineteenth, and the Jags all of a sudden find themselves two and zero in the preseason with one more preseason game coming up. The finale Jaguars will finally be at home. Uh, they will play their only home preseason game. In uh, game three of the preseason, they'll host the Miami Dolphins. Kind of an in-state thing. And, you know, most years, most years, especially if they don't play in the regular season, as a lot of years they don't, the Jaguars will play the Miami Dolphins normally in a preseason game. Kind of been tradition. We'll take a look at the uh, stats. You know, the rumor is that there'll be – you know, probably the starters, a few more starters playing in the tune-up in, in game three. They may only go a quarter or a half. I don't know. I, you'll just have to wait and see. Uh, it just depends. I think sometimes the game, how the game and how, how the game dictates and maybe even more of what they're looking to see from players. There's players trying to win a roster spot. That's the majority of the thing. I mean, you the, the Jaguars sit down and they say, well, we know who our top 30, 30 guys are maybe with the kicker and the punter, and maybe it's 30 to 35 guys that they know that they've got under contract and they're happy with, you know, what would it be, maybe 20, but they're probably happy with more than 53. My goodness. I mean, it looks like the Jags are top to bottom on the roster better than they've been in a good while, at least for this year. Um, this is the year where the Jags should win the South title. It's not going to be easy. I projected the Jags to go like four and two in the division. They could do better than that, but you're still going to have some tough games. This is the National Football League. I projected the Jaguars to win 11 in games and lose six in the regular season if they stay healthy. I mean, there's crazy projections out there talking about the Jaguars winning 13 or 14 games. I don't really see that. Not yet. The NFL is... No, it's very um, – what I'm trying to say, it's it's very close. You know, the teams, both teams are trying to win every week. There's so much riding on every game. There's riding – a lot of money. These players are making a lot of money. A lot of moon law. They're making uh, money in college football now too, most of them, or a, good, or a good bit of them, a good bit of the players. So that's kind of what we're looking at. I thought I'd bring the – Maybe I can bring the stats up. I'm kind of holding the microphone. Sometimes I get in this mood where I want to pick up the microphone and hold it. Then I'll put it back down like I'm going to do now. I'm drinking some good coffee. Our executive producer liked the fact that I did go to Mickey D's and I got a cup of that coffee. I know you like the Mickey D's coffee, uh, executive producer, JC. Um, and then I made my own pot. So we, 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 we got a real small cup of coffee. Mickey D's, but we're going to keep adding to it with some uh, pumpkin spice creamer. I did find some Maxwell House coffee at one of the local grocery stores, about $5 for the small can, buy one, get one, and I went with that. I bought some Dunkin' Dark, but I, I think I misplaced the Dunkin' Dark. It's somewhere in, somewhere at World Headquarters. We got Dunkin' Dark. We got the Maxwell House. Um, what is that? What is that stuff by Maxwell House? Let me take a look at it. You know, 
I parked at many Jaguars games in the Maxwell House parking lot, or I should say, I call it that. It's across the street from the Maxwell House uh, plant here in Jacksonville. Dark roast dark. <laughs> that says it all. I, I love dark roast or bold coffee. And I have been, now, now our producer's going to like this too. How about this, JC? I've never really partaken in great value coffee, what they call great value. Smells good. It's a caramel pecan. I just kind of lace the caramel pecan in there with the Maxwell House Dark, and I'll do the same thing with the Dunkin' and just to flavor it up slightly. And I come up with some pretty good coffee concoctions. I mean, coffee could be a completely uh, side podcast. We we could do a whole podcast on coffee. I'm 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 I'm, I'm sh- assured we can. Um, we enjoy a lot of coffee at uh, World of Headquarters. Let me. Um, Bring up the Jaguars' stats in the 25-7 win over the Lions. Uh, Jaguars won the game, and, you know, it. I think the score, I think the score is not indicative of, of, of how lopsided the game was. I mean, the Jags win this game. Playing a team in Detroit that had won a preseason game, Detroit 1-1 one one now in the preseason, the Jags 2-0. Both of the Jags' victories on the road. They'll get ready to come home. They'll play uh, Miami at home in the final preseason game uh, next weekend. And when we get a score on that game and some results, we'll break it to you. Some other games going on. Can you believe the Cleveland-Philadelphia Eagles game ended in an 18-18 tie? They didn't even play overtime. They just decided, hey, that's it. We're done. Cleveland 18, the Philadelphia Eagles 18. That's it, a tie. Like kissing your sister, they used to say. Uh, New York Giants beat Carolina. New York Giants, that's um, Jarrett's, uh, J.C.'s brother, Jarrett. That's his uh, team. The New York Giants beat the Carolina Panthers. New York Giants 21, Carolina Panthers 19. How about this? It looks like the Falcons and Bengals had one of them ties. Cincinnati Bengals 13, Atlanta Falcons 13. Miami, man, they're playing for real in the preseason. Miami 28, the Houston Texans 3. The Texans are going to be horrible. They really are. Who's the worst team in the AFC South? Um, We know that the Tennessee Titans are going to be competitive because they signed two or three guys toward the end of free agency. Then said, "Yeah, might be the Titans might be rebuilding, but they're they're also signing some veterans to still be competitive." Because why wouldn't you? Because AFC South is. By you know, by some some experts or so-called experts, hey, that division still may be up for grabs. The NFL is a funny league. I mean, even if you're the quote unquote projected winner of a division, you're supposed to win the division by one, two, three games or more. Man, it can all change. Injuries hit. An eleven and six prediction can go out the window, and your team can go six and eleven. I saw the Jaguars in 2018 after they had gone to the AFC championship game. Their season went from incredible. I mean, you had Clayus Campbell and brother Blake Bortles. They were rock stars over at Mellow Mushroom and in Avondale and Riverside. And they were three and one. Man, they had beaten the, the Patriots, the Jets, and the Gents. The, I think they beat the Giants, beat the Jets badly that year. And September of 2018, Austin Severian Jenkins was still healthy and playing. I think he played four or five or six games in his whole career with the Jaguars. 
Man, that was a move. That, that's a haunting move. Whoa. The money spent on Austin Severian Jenkins for what did he play? Four, five, or six games, and his career is pretty much over with. So Cleveland and Philadelphia battle to an 18-18 tie. The New York Giants 21, Carolina 19. Atlanta and the Bengals 13-13. Miami demolished the Houston Texans. Miami 28, the Houston Texans 3. Got to say the Colts are better than the Texans. Got to say the, the Titans are better than the, the, the Texans too. Jaguars should win the division by a game or two, I would think, or more. But we'll see. Other games, um, Indianapolis Colts beat the Bears. The Bears coach used to be the defensive coordinator for the Colts a couple of years back. Uh, Eber Blues, right? He's the head coach of the Bears in his second year. The Bears should be better this year, but I say pump the brakes on the Bears because I think there's going to be an in-between year, and this may be it. I think the Bears will have a much better year in 2024 than they'll have in 2023. Um, the Bears have had some high draft picks. It'll take a year or two to kind of plant the seeds in some of those uh, draft picks. And um, is the jury still out on Justin Fields? Everybody loves Justin Fields. Well, we'll see. He hasn't won a lot of games, though. We'll see what happens the next year or two with Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. You'll have to pay Justin Fields a lot of money, too, right, if you think he's that good. You have to pay him a lot of money. Uh, Colts, uh, again, the Colts beat Chicago. Indianapolis Colts 24, the Chicago Bears 17. And again, our Jaguars, an easy 20. I say easy. Man, they just kicked a couple of field goals early in the game. Got up 6-0. Couldn't get it in the end zone, or it might have been worse. Jacksonville Jaguars 25, the Detroit Lions 7. Um, I mean, the Jaguars had a 12 to nothing lead. At uh, halftime, uh, Detroit scored their only touchdown in the third quarter. Jack scored a touchdown, I believe, in the third quarter, but no, they missed the extra point. Jags added a touchdown in the fourth quarter. Taking a look at the quick stats, uh, quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence did not play in game two against the Lions. C.J. Beathard, uh, 12 for 20, 138 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, I believe that's a 70 76.7 quarterback rating. People are still saying, man, CJ's got to play better. Nathan Rourke, the old Canadian Football League quarterback, played in the Canadian Football League, I think, a couple of years. He was 10 out of 12. No touchdowns, no intercepts, but a 108.7 quarterback rating. I repeat, Nathan Rourke was 10 out of 12, 121 yards. I look for Trevor to play in game three. He, he may not. But if he plays, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be the first quarter probably only, maybe a couple of series if he plays. The home crowd going to that game would love to see Trevor play at least a couple of series. Jacksonville Jaguars um, rushing attack. Now, now our executive producer, J.C., will like this because he called Tank Bigsby, the third-round pick for the Jaguars out of Auburn. He called Tank Bigsby a home run. Hey, Tank is looking pretty good. 13 carries, 70 yards per tank, 5.4 yards per carry. His long run, 17 yards. The Ernest Johnson may be gradually earning a roster spot. The Ernest Johnson, six carries, 36 yards in this game, 6.0 for his average. He's the free agent running back. The Jags snagged from the Cleveland Browns. He used to be a backup for Nick Chubb. 
Snoop Connor, five carries, 18 yards. Snoop, man, do they get rid of Snoop? Is he going to be um, a casualty? Can you get a second guy, a second year guy on the practice squad? I'm not sure how that'll work. Nathan Rourke now, he might be, he might have a little Minshew in him. He had eight carries, uh, was six carries, six, I'm sorry, six carries, 14 yards. So he ran the ball a little bit. How about Jermichael Hasty? He signed a pretty decent contract in the offseason with the Jags, but you know how those contracts are in the NFL. Four carries, eight yards. Snoop Connor and Jermichael Hasty, they might be the guys battling for that that last spot because I think Ernest Johnson runs hard. I think he's on the team. Tank Bigsby's going to be on the team. Obviously, um, ETN, uh, Travis ETN's going to be your number one running back. And Jermichael Hasty, four carries, eight yards. The uh, One of the wide receivers, Parker Washington, who did catch a touchdown in this game. Parker Washington had one carry minus one. Jacksonville Jaguars receivers kind of really spread out. Eli Elijah Cooks, two receptions, but but he had a he had a big long one for forty seven. Elijah Cooks, not sure he's even going to make this team, but he'll end up somewhere. Elijah Cooks, two receptions, sixty nine yards. Some of these guys you really hate parting with. Some guys will end up on the practice squad, but some guys you cannot absolutely cannot sneak. On the practice squad, Tim Jones plays good special teams. One reception. He had a big uh, 48-yard catch. Seth Williams, three catches, 36 yards as the Jaguars continue to look at some guys. Jacob Harris, one catch, 23 yards. Uh, Brenton Strange, the second-round tight end out of Penn State, three catches, 23 yards. I think that is pretty, pretty encouraging. I would say Oliver Martin, three catches, 17 yards. I don't think he's going to make the team. Maybe he's on the practice squad. Maybe he's on in another uniform. Um, let's see, Garrett, Garrett Prince is actually a tight end, two catches, 12 yards. The Ernest Johnson, the running back, who had a pretty good game, runs hard. He caught two passes out of the backfield for seven yards. C.J. Bethard, one run for four yards. Um, well, let me back up on that. I guess C.J. caught a pass. C.J. caught a pass. This was receiving yardage. Okay, C.J. Beathard caught one pass for four yards. That's what kind of threw me. Dearness Johnson caught two passes for seven. Garrett Prince, a tight end, caught two for 12. Um, let's see. Kevin Austin Jr., one catch for three yards. Does he end up on the practice squad, or does he make the roster? There's a lot of wide receivers that are gonna the Jaguars will be parting with, and they could sneak a guy or two onto the practice squad. They will. Think Bigsby had one catch, a short gainer. He actually lost two on it. Jags had a fumble. It was like Parker Washington fumbled it once. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, man, for Detroit. I mean, I think he wore number fifty in this game. They couldn't hardly find him a number. I remember Bridgewater. Came to Jacksonville one time. He was playing. He was a backup quarterback for the Saints, but I think their starter was out. And the Saints ended up beating the Jags on that day. I may get the score wrong, but it was like a 15-12 to 12 or 15-13 to 13 win. Teddy Bridgewater kind of just, just kind of somehow, somehow just squeezed out, oozed out. A, I'll say ugly. It was an, he oozed out an ugly win over the Jags a few years ago.
Um, let me get up to passing yardage. Teddy was five for 11, 34 yards. Nate uh, Sudfeld, nine for 18. And Detroit's got to play their starter, man. They don't look like they have much in the backup quarterback area. So that's some of what's going on. Um, Detroit has a good team. I don't think they're as deep as the Jaguars, top to bottom, and I think that's probably what this game was more about. In the scrimmaging a couple of days earlier, you know, you had really Anton Harris, who I still hear maybe bothered some by that sore shoulder. He uh, really held his own against Aiden Hutchinson, the um, first-round pick, second overall. After the Jags got Trayvon Walker, and apparently Anton Harrison held his own, and maybe even on some place might have even should I use the word dominated Aiden Hutchinson? I don't think Aiden Hutchinson's a three-down defensive end, but he can be a very productive pass rusher. That is very encouraging that Anton Harrison really held his own, and even maybe a player or two dominated. Aiden Hutchinson in the scrimmages a day or two before the actual preseason game. Jacksonville Jaguars win the preseason game. The Jaguars 25, the Detroit Lions 7. Gregory Jr., the defensive back, I, I think he's trying to, you know, he's this guy, Gregory Jr., defensive back for the uh, Jaguars, had an interception, returned the interception. 37 yards after the pick. So, very interesting stuff here. Um, looking back at who scored in this football game. Um, take a look at touchdowns. Parker Washington, the six-round pick out of Penn State. I think he makes the team. I think Parker Washington's probably the going to be the fifth fifth or sixth wide receiver. I think he makes the team, he's a, especially because he's a draft pick. He's under a rookie contract, but he's not playing bad. One catch, uh, 15 yards. That one catch was a big one for a touchdown. Parker Washington scores a touchdown. Um, now, now, you can't – this is all you need to say about Dearness Johnson. Well, you could say he had six carries, 36 yards, but Dearness Johnson scored two touchdowns in this game. I believe he's on the team. He might be making a little bit more than the rookies because he did sign in the offseason a, a free agent deal. He was not among the top free agents, but he was in that second or third tier free agents, maybe deep second or third. Uh, Dearness, Dearness Johnson, man, he scored two touchdowns. You can't take that away from him even though – it was preseason. Um, C.J. Beathard threw a touchdown through an interception. So I, I should say C.J. Beathard threw for a touchdown and threw an interception. Uh, C.J. was sacked twice. Nathan uh, Rourke sacked once. So that's some of what's going on. You go down to the defense. Did anybody stand out? Caleb Johnson had six total tackles for the Jaguars. Ledbetter had five tackles. I think Ledbetter might have got banged up in this game a little bit. Um, Caleb Hayes, a couple of tackles, two solo tackles. And um, 
I'm not even sure. Uh, you know, um, Tavon Campbell, uh, one tackle, one solo tackle. I guess Britton Strange made a tackle on a Jags turnover. Dearness Johnson apparently had a tackle. Some of these guys uh, playing special teams. Caleb on Chason, no tackles, no solo tackles. I don't think Trayvon Walker played. Again, I don't see his name in the stat sheet. I don't believe he played. Logan Cook, the punter, made a tackle. It was a solo tackle. So that's some of the stats, man. Logan Cook hit a punt. I think 56 yards on his first punt. Amazing. I know uh, my good friend Larry Saucer with Saucerility and Capital. He says, you know, a lot of times you have to go get those bargain basement dollar general punters and kickers. The Jags have done it, but they've you know, they've, they've re-signed some of these guys that have been really, really good. When they had an opportunity, they went and got Brandon McManus, the former Denver kicker. He was two out of two on field goals, 100%, at six points in the game. Um, he's an upgrade. The Jags, what they have done, what they have done, they have improved this roster. They've improved almost every element and room of this roster a little bit, even if it's a tiny little bit. The improvements are adding up. The Jags are 2-0 and in the preseason. Detroit losing to the Jags 25-7. to They fall to 1-1. and Everybody in the AFC South is 1-1 and in preseason, except the Jags are 2-0. and So that is uh, some of what's going on with the Jaguars preseason. Big victory for the Jags. 25 to 7, the Jacksonville Jaguars 25, the Detroit Lions 7 up at Ford Field in the Detroit area. Trevor Lawrence did not play in this game. Next preseason game will be next weekend against the Miami Dolphins, the only home preseason game at now known as Everbank Stadium. We'll take a look at North Florida Entertainment uh, coming up as the Teal Shirt Report podcast continues. Hey, thank you for listening. Okay, so more on the Teal Shirt Report podcast, uh, messaging with our correspondent and supporter, uh, John Gaylor. He said offensive lineman Cooper Hodges got carted off the field. Let's hope Cooper Hodges will have a uh, speedy recovery, of course. Jaguars win the football game 25-7 to over the Lions. Cooper Hodges looks like he got carted off the field. Uh, Gaylor had, John Gaylor had told me that, you know, also Devon Hamilton was on crutches, uh, after the game as well. So that's some of what's, uh, been going on. The Ed White Commanders won, I believe was a preseason game by a pretty good score. Congratulations to my old high school, Ed White high school football team won there. I'm assuming that's like a preseason jamboree game. They're looking to have a pretty good team, but they're going to have to play Trinity Christian. The Trinity Christian game, I believe, early in the year with Ed White will feature Trinity's Trinity Christian Academy's quarterback, who's a big-time prospect, and I think he's uh, slated to go to LSU. Um, John Gaylor sent me a little injury report kind of during the football game or after the game where the 
Jaguars beat the Lions 25-7. to um, Devon Hamilton, I believe he was on crutches after the game. Um, so we're not completely sure about his injury. When the swelling comes down, I, I'm assuming there's some swelling with his injury if he, he's on crutches. Um, let's see. Foley is uh, week to week. Hodges, the offensive lineman. Uh, what's his name? Cooper Hodges, I believe. Uh, he uh, has a patellar knee injury. Shatley still with AFib issues, which is related to the heart. I even messaged to John. I, I think, do you mean it? Could it mean that Tyler Shatley could possibly retire? And I'm just putting that out there. I mean, he may come in and play great at left guard all season to be the starter. Or if nothing else, at least the backup at guard and center. I think he's had some fluttering issues with his heart. He's been checked out by the doctor. And I think whether he plays or not will depend on the report from the doctor. Um, Antonio Johnson, I believe, is battling a hamstring Josh Wells, it looks like he's going to the offensive tackle, the backup offensive tackle who played with the Jags in the past, played with Tampa Bay the last couple of years. Um, you know, his timetable hasn't been announced. I'm thinking he might miss at least a month, but he was primarily going to be a backup. Antonio Johnson, the safety, I didn't project him starting, but he's a prospect that could have been a steal perhaps in the fifth round. He's got a hamstring issue, and again, depending on the severity of the hamstring injury, I could sideline him, you know, off and on for a while where you're looking at it. Hey, how do, how do you feel? How does the hamstring? He's going to be with the Jaguars. Got to get him on the field, though, like the other injured players, too. Brewer, a shoulder injury. Um, You know, I don't see anything in regards to injuries with Anton Harrison. He's had a sore shoulder what would you say for almost a month or inside of a month, three, four weeks, which sidelined him for, I believe, a few days. But, man, in the scrimmage against the Lions, he held his own against Aiden Hutchinson a couple of years ago. He was actually the number two overall draft pick right after Trayvon Walker. Walker, I think, has only played two series. I haven't seen him in the stat book yet. However, the regular season is coming. The final preseason game against Miami, you may see the starters go a little bit maybe in the first quarter or longer or less, depending on the coaches, how they feel about, you know, who needs work, who doesn't, who do we need to take a look at, who needs the work. Some of these guys may just need to get out there and play for two or three series and then get them out of the game. They're healthy going into game one. But the Jaguars injury list is getting getting larger, but. I don't see really any serious injuries. Um, I think the Devon, the Devon Hamilton injury with him being on crutches and probably waiting for some swelling to go down to take a look at, you know, what I haven't even heard what area of the leg, whether it's, you know, a knee or uh, when you're on crutches, it's probably going to be related to the leg or the knee, of course. So we'll find out. Um, not sure quite on Hamilton. I would say there's a chance he may miss a few weeks or maybe less or more. We'll, we'll see what happens. Kind of, kind of hard to speculate on Devon Hamilton, but the Jaguars do not need to lose him for a long period of time. The nose tackle 
defensive tackle who just recently re-upped and signed a new contract uh, with the Jaguars, you know, after his, of course, after his, uh, you know, his rookie contract. Now he's on a second contract with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So that is, uh, again, that is some of the injury report. You're going to get injuries. It's part of the game. There's going to be some guys get injured severely. Some guys not. Some some guys will get nagging injuries. It's part of the National Football League. I still got the Jags going at 11 and 6 if they could just stay relatively healthy. Uh, we got some North Florida entertainment. Uh, Chris Parker told me that it looks like the local band Psychic Deli, local North Florida band Psychic Deli, is going to go on a little bit of a mini hiatus. They played in Port Charlotte. They played at the Boussoir. Um, I got some news from Chris Parker about the late night transfer group songwriter, guitarist Dan Evans is on a two week vacation in Europe. Well, that's pretty cool with his wife. Um, let's see. Wow. And psychic Deli is going to be off until mid or late September now. They had played the Boussoir, played in Port Charlotte, and they played numerous places, and they're taking a little bit of time off. They'll be back before the Florida Theater reopens. The Florida Theater is expected to reopen in October, some remodeling and revamping of the Florida Theater for about three months. They they, uh, closed temporarily in July for the remodeling and revamping. I think they're going to put in, I think, uh, new heating and cooling systems in there, too, and kind of spruce it up on the inside. And shows should start back at the Florida Theater uh, come October and November, I believe, of 2023. Taking some shows, taking a look at some shows that are going on, um, obviously, at the, uh, well, you know, throughout North Florida and surrounding areas. Let's... uh, Let's bring up some shows that are going on. We'll uh, we will actually pull up. Uh, and, of course, you can go to BigJReport.com to our Neighbors 2 section. We keep an eye on concerts. We also will have some concerts up there that uh, we kind of like to tell you who's been here, who's coming, that type of thing at BigJReport.com. So we'll take a look at some more North Florida entertainment. Gave you a little report there from Chris Parker on some of the local bands uh, in and around uh, North Florida, such as Psychic Deli and Late Night Transfer. Those guys taking a little bit of a hiatus um, right now during the last part of the summer, but they're going to be back really, really soon, as we mentioned to you. Um, let's pull up some of the... I've got a couple of shows to tell you about. I know Molly Hatchet is going to be in the area. Molly Hatchet really has no original members from when they were founded way back in the 1970s. Um, however, they got guys in that band that have been playing in the Molly Hatchet band probably, I'm going to guess, 10, 12, 15 years or more. They got guys that have been in that band a long time, so they're going to put on a good show. And you're going to get to hear the songs, Gator Country, Flirting with Disaster, uh, Dreams I'll Never See. What was the biggest song by Molly Hatchin? Was it was it Bounty Hunter? 
Gator Country, Flirting with Disaster. Great, great songs, by the way. We mentioned uh, North Florida local band Psychic Deli. They did play shows in Port Charlotte, Florida just a few days ago in Port Charlotte, Florida at Burt's Back Porch Venue at the Twisted Fork. Chris Parker said they had a great time down there in Port Charlotte, Florida. Um, that was at the, let me take a look here. Let me take a look here. That was back on Psychic Deli played back on July the 29th at Port Charlotte, Florida. They've also done shows at the Boussoir recently. Late Night Transfer, the Jam Band, uh, played Port Charlotte, Florida as well in the afternoon. Those were both afternoon shows um, in Port Charlotte at Burt's Back Porch Venue at the Twisted Fork back on July the 29th. Snoop Dogg, for those of you that didn't know it, kind of came into town and out of town. Snoop Dogg was at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena back on August the 5th of 2023, much earlier in the month. Um, local North Florida band, I should say North local North Florida jam band, Late Night Transfer, did play at the Boost Bar in Atlantic Beach, Florida, back on Saturday night, August the 12th. Uh, country singer Jason Aldean will be at the arena, at the Star Veterans Memorial Arena. That's country singer Jason Aldean. Again, that is country singer Jason Aldean will be at the arena, at the Star Veterans Memorial Arena, on August the 25th of 2023 at 7.30 p.m. And that's a big show. Country singer Jason Aldean. And, you know, his somebody, you know, he's got one particular song that's been talked about a lot that people love. And uh, I think it was a little controversy involved with the song. But, man, music music has a way to heal a lot of things, bring up good points. And the creativity, you know, the creativity of, of music is you know, so far, you know, out the window. It's great. I mean, I love music. I love sports. We're going to talk about both from time to time here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Again, country singer Jason Aldean will be at the arena at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena on August the 25th of 2023 at 7.30 p.m. And in September of 2023, Molly Hatchett I spoke to them earlier. This is in September of 2023. Molly Hatchett will be playing a show in Ponte Vedra on uh, Friday night, September the 8th of 2023 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Ponte Vedra Concert Hall in Northeast Florida. Also, how about this? Alice Cooper. Remember the old song, School's Out for the Summer? Alice Cooper performing at the St. Augustine Amphitheater on October the 4th of 2023 at 8 o'clock p.m. College football is coming. That's right. Florida Gators open up the last Thursday in August. Can you believe it? Gators playing at Utah. Now, that's not a podunk junction. You know, that's not a... You you take a look at the schedules. There's differences in the Florida schedule, the Georgia schedule, and... Florida's playing Utah, back-to-back Pac-12 champions. Now, we, we know the Pac-12 is somewhat, it seems like they're kind of dissolving. The Pac-12 is looks like they're going to be down after this year to four or five teams. And they may merge with, you know, another conference, as the rumors I'm hearing. 
Maybe there'll be a Pacific Coast and Atlantic Conference or whatever conference they merge with because, you know, the big the, the big boys of the Pac-12 are leaving. USC, UCLA going to the Big Ten. I think Washington's going to the Big Ten. Colorado is going to go back to the Big 12. Why they ever went to the Pac-12 to begin with is beyond me, but Colorado and Deion Sanders going back to the the Big 12 is the plan. I think the Big 12 may end up with more than 12 teams the way things are looking. I think the Big 12 is going to end up being pretty stable. The Big 10 is, of course, and the SEC, man, best conference in the land. Not everybody agrees with that. The Big Ten is pretty good too, right? They got a good, they got a really good TV contract. The ACC seems to have most of their teams locked in with the TV contract. Where maybe Florida State and Clemson got to have to stay put where they are. But college football, man, it's about conference realigning. You know, I I saw something the other day on basically the network that owns college football, the four-letter network, ESPN. I don't like to talk about it much, but they kind of overspent for college football. They control it. They control the kickoff times. I think they have a lot of control on this, this conference realigning too, I believe. Somebody from ESPN was quoted as saying about this conference realignment, there's more to come. It's not, it's not over with yet. It's still evolving. Pac-12 kind of dissolving down to four or five teams. A lot of those teams on the move. The big, I mean, the big market Pac-12 teams like USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten apparently now. Uh, you know, Nebraska left the Big Eight, or I guess it was a Big 12 when they left. Nebraska went to the Big Ten. Penn State joined the Big Ten several years ago. So conferences have been evolving, but now more rapidly. Conference realigning. The transfer portal. Um, NIL deals. And college football is changing. We're still going to cover it. Teal Shirt Report podcast and on the BigJReport.com website. Um, Gators open the season at Utah. Georgia, I must say, has a favorable first four games. They do mix in a conference game against South Carolina, I think the third game of the season. Georgia's really got kind of an easy time in the first four games of the season. But obviously after the first four games, you know, more of the solid – SEC schedule is going to kick in, and then Georgia is going to be playing some tough teams too. I think Kirby likes to empty the bench early in the year with a couple of these um, state or directional schools, some podunk junctions. We'll be taking a look at the Georgia schedule. We'll take a look at more college football. I have also been promising to sit down and take a look at week one and also week two of college football. There's some really difficult games, some really tough games late in the year. I saw something from Athlon. I, I didn't buy their magazine, but I was kind of going through it. And it looks like some of the real best of college football games really don't materialize. into. If you want to sit down and say, what are the top five games, top ten games of college football? Most of those games are, are kicking in around November. Lindy's top 10, Georgia 1, Michigan 2, Ohio State 3, Bama 4, LSU 5th, 
The Knowles, <clears throat> I said the Knowles, Florida State ranked six in Lindy's book that came out a couple of months ago. Washington Huskies uh, seventh, but I understand they're going to be moving from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten. Penn State is ranked eighth. They are in the Big Ten. Texas ninth from the Big 12, but they will be moving next year in 2024 to the SEC along with Oklahoma. Oklahoma not in the top ten, though, but Texas is ninth. Texas has some strong quarterbacks on their roster. Texas ranked ninth, and USC ranked 10th in the nation. And again, USC, this will probably be their final year in the Pac-12, and then they're on to the, the Big Ten. That's going to do it for the Till Shirt Report podcast. I know it's been kind of lengthy. We've been working on this podcast for the past three or four days. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being patient with me. Thank you very, very much to our producers, our executive producer, JC, our producer, Alex Nunnery, our contributor, our contributor, correspondent, and supporter, John Gaylor. Thank you very much. David Martin with semi-pro football stuff. And David is playing in some of those showcase games. They're not playoff games. They're not bowl games. But they're, they're some of these uh, showcase games where the scouts are out there. I think the APDFL, they're going to be kind of streamlining their league because there's a lot of teams moving to the EAFL, from what I'm understanding. The EXFL, they're down to their four teams in the playoffs now. Um, Palm Beach Capos, South Florida. The same other team, the South Florida Raptors, Clay County, Florida Devil Dogs, and um, the Pine County Falcons. The uh, Palm Beach Capos, South Florida, South Florida Raptors, I believe they're called. And, um, and again, the Clay County, Florida Devil Dogs all will be playing in the EXFL playoffs next weekend. Uh, Avion Hale, the commissioner of the EXFL, keeps us informed. He's the commissioner of that league. It's like indoor football played outdoors in the elements on a 60-yard field, eight man on eight. Um, outdoor football, pretty cool football, again, played on a 60-yard field. If you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast, I want to thank Avion Hill for helping us out, keeping us up to date uh, with the league. Uh, I want to thank Chris Parker, keeping us up to date with music, uh, with some of his groups he's involved in, like Late Night, late night Transfer. Late Night Transfer, I should say, and Psychic Deli, lo uh, local North Florida band Psychic Deli. And he's also in the Late Night Transfer Jam Band. So that is some of what's going on. Um, I want to thank our sponsors, Saucer Realty and Capital. Thank you, Hits.com, Great internet radio, a legitimate sponsor. JC, I got the, you know, I got the letter. Got the letter, got the envelope. Little something in the envelope. We appreciate we pre you know we appreciate legitimate sponsors like Lake Upala Hits, elegant time elegant uh, time travel right elegant time travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment. Uh, good friend Didi McDermott, JC. We appreciate you, Lake Upala Hits, uh, Mad Max with uh, his Internet Radio Wednesday Night Music Request Show, the Mad Max Mix Max has us up on his website as well, bigjreport.com. And, of course, at bigjreport.com, you'll find links to all these things we're talking about. Right. You'll find the link for the Mad Max Mix. 
the LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio, social realty and capital for your real estate needs in North Florida and surrounding areas. Larry Saucer does real estate deals in Lake City, Jacksonville, Gainesville, Live Oak, Lake City, and many surrounding areas in between all these areas and a little bit south of that North Florida line as well. Saucer Realty and Capital, Lake Ufala Hits, the Mad Max Mix, Elegant Time Traveling, Dark Diamond Entertainment, and XFLToday.net. Thank all we want to thank all of our sponsors for helping us. Keep the Teal Shirt Report podcast going. And again, we've been eloquently, I'll say the word again, we've been eloquently produced by our executive producer, JC, and by our producer, Alex Nunry. John Gaylor, again, thank you very, very much for being a contributor, correspondent, and a guy I lean on. And, of course, John Gaylor is a supporter of the podcast, too. You can click on the support button and um, on our podcast, at our Till Shirt Report podcast, uh, there is a support button you can click and you can even uh, be a supporter of our podcast. We do appreciate all supporters. Click the support button. We appreciate you listening, obviously, to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We're listened to in as many as 39 states. We have been listened to in as many as 39 states across the United States. We're listened to all over the world. Uh, Northern Ireland. Ireland, the UK, London, Germany, Bangladesh, the Philippines, Canada, France, Brazil. We're listening to everywhere. Thank you guys for listening. My name is Scott. This has been episode show number 60. We saluted number 60, the backup offensive uh, center for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We mentioned him a little bit earlier. That was uh, Daryl Williams, right? Darrell Williams, who wears number 60 for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I want to tell you, you know, Fortner had the, the day off. He did not play in the Detroit game. So you got to give, you have really got to give Darrell Williams some credit. He wears number 60. Since this is episode show number 60, we saluted Darrell Williams, number 60, backup center for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I understand he played the entire game at center. So what a great guy to salute on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Number number 60. That is absolutely number 60. Darrell Williams Center of the Jacksonville Jaguars out of Mississippi State. Originally from his hometown, Bessemer, Alabama. Six foot two, 304 pounds. He's got those nine and three-quarter inch hands. Those arms, 32 and a quarter. Some player in, info I'm looking up. Darrell Williams, good job against Detroit. Tank Bigsby had a good job, did a good job uh, rushing the football. The Jaguars running backs did pretty good. And Darrell Williams, a big part of that, the big part of the, um, you know, the rushing offense by the running backs. And um, I don't mind hitting the stats one more time for the running backs. Um, if I can, let's see if I can pull up the stats on the running backs because Tank Bigsby had a good game. That's worth repeating. Tank Bigsby, the third round pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars in the April 2023 draft. Tank Bigsby, who my executive producer JC said he is literally a home run. He was a home run when the Jags swung, swung, <laughs> swung for the fences. They got a home run when they drafted Tank Bigsby in the third round. Listen to this. In a preseason game, 13 carries, 
70 yards, 5.4 yard per carry average, a 17. His, his long run was 17 yards. Tank Bigsby got the most yardage of the running backs, 13 carries, 70 yards. Deertis Johnson scored two touchdowns, six carries for 36 yards. Those were probably your top two running backs of the game against Detroit up at uh, Ford Field in the Detroit area. Obviously, the number one running back being rested. And we're talking about uh, Travis Etienne will be the number one running back. Who's number two? Is it Tank Bigsby or is it Dearness Johnson? Those are probably the top three guys. It might be Jamichael Hasty and Snoop Connor, one of them or both of them on the outside looking in. The final running back spot may go to Jamichael uh, Hasty or Snoop Connor. We'll see what happens. They got to cut down to 53 in late August. There are 16, if you didn't know it, there used to be 10, but there's actually, and this is good for players, this is good for teams, there's actually 16, one six, 16 slots, just like Trevor Lawrence's number. There's 16 slots on practice squad. So 16 guys get a shot to make that practice squad money. It's pretty good money, especially if you're on the practice squad all year. Obviously, when players on the 53-man roster get hurt, they might be out for a game or two or three or more. Then guys get called up, uh, you know, obviously uh, from the practice squad. So that's some of what's going on here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Um, we do appreciate everybody uh, tuning in uh, to the Teal Shirt Report podcast, obviously. Thank you, guys. Uh, for listening in to our Teal Shirt Report podcast. Again, we have been eloquently uh, produced by our executive producer, JC. Also by our good friend, our, you know, I want to tell you, our, you know, really our good friend, uh, Alex Nunry. He's our executive producer. And, man, we appreciate everybody tuning in to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Again, we appreciate you uh, listening in to our podcast. We're going to wrap things up. This is episode show number 60 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Again, thank you guys for listening in. We're going to wrap it up. Again, a special thank you to our sponsors, you know, all of our listeners in as many as uh, 39 states across the United States, of course. And again, man, we appreciate you tuning in to the Teal Shirt Report podcast, obviously. Thank you guys uh, for listening in. And we're going to kind of kind of wind things up on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Really, really proud of Daryl Williams, man. Daryl Williams, the center, number 60. We saluted him at, because he's wearing number 60. This is episode show number 60 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And I understand he played pretty close to the entire game at center as the Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Detroit Lions. The Jacksonville Jaguars 25, the Detroit Lions 7. That's going to do it for this episode show number 60 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We appreciate you listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast network. Thank you for listening, and have a great day and a great week ahead. Hey, you know we're going to have a quick encore. All of a sudden, I was sitting here. We just laid down the final uh, track 
or final segment, if you will, on the Jim Short Report podcast. And all of a sudden, it started raining really, really heavy. Some hard rain, some heavy rainfall here at World Headquarters at about 11.15 in the morning. On Sunday morning, August the 20th, rain chance had jumped up to about 60% a day. But then it's going to diminish, you know, back down to probably 40% or 30% by uh, tomorrow on Monday. Hot weather continues. The rain will, the rainfall does cool things off a little bit. And that's, you know, that's always a good thing during the hot summer. Wanted to quickly give you, uh, we had not given you an update on the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. I'm going to attempt to do that now. The Jumbo Shrimp had been on an eight-game winning streak. They won nine out of ten games. And now they're starting to put up some L's now. Let's see. The last game the Shrimp played, Saturday, August 19th, they lost to Lehigh Valley. Lehigh Valley 4, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp 1. Lehigh Valley, four runs, eight hits, no errors. The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, one run, only three hits and one error. The Jumbo Shrimp, uh, 56 wins and 62 losses in the on the AAA baseball season in 2023. Again, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp now 56 and 62. And that is going to about do it. Or, of course, our Teal Shirt Report podcast, Little Encore, and episode show number 60. Thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast, episode show number 60 of season number four. Thank you for tuning in to the Teal Shirt Report podcast network. The best place to probably find our podcast, go to BigJReport.com and scroll our homepage, BigJReport.com. I'm Scott, your host for the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And I'm out. You guys have a great day. I'm looking out the window. Still some heavy rain. We've had some heavy rain going on for the last uh, five or ten minutes on this uh, late Sunday morning, August the 20th of 2023. You guys have a great day. We'll be back again real soon with more content here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And again, thank you for listening. Okay, real quickly on, on the encore, I did want to pop back in here because I think we had not mentioned this, but I wanted to. Um, Jadavian Clowney visited Jacksonville, and I think a couple of days prior to visiting Jacksonville, he visited Baltimore. Um, Clowney and his agent decided to go with Baltimore. And if I'm a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, I'm not really that upset about that. <laughs> I think in my opinion, I've watched Clowney even early in his career when he's supposed to be probably at his optimum for playing in the NFL. Man, I saw the guy. I think he took plays off sometimes. Um, I had heard a report he only got two sacks last year. Um, I don't believe he's a – some people think he's a tackling machine at defensive end. I don't see that. He's a name, Jadavian Clowney. He was drafted. He was a top-five pick. I think he was, what was he, the second? I think he was the second overall pick, right? Clowney. Probably played his best football with the Texans, I think. Uh, he's bounced around a little bit. He was with Cleveland last year. He talked to Baltimore, then talked to the Jaguars. Maybe he's playing one against the other and decided to sign in Baltimore. 
when we talk about this pass, pass rush situation for the Jaguars, Arden Key signed with Tennessee, which Arden Key had a really good season for the Jaguars last year in 2022 and helped the Jaguars in their playoff push. There's no doubt about that. I think the Jaguars looked at it and said, man, we can sign Evan Ingram to the franchise tag. And then eventually they signed Evan to a three-year deal. I think it came down to the fact they wanted a, a tight end, you know, a playmaking tight end opposed to Arden Key. That The Jaguars thought they had enough defenders. They needed the tight end. I think that was the difference in Evan Ingram remaining a Jaguar and Arden Key finding the best deal he could with, with Tennessee. Pass rushing, that has been something that has kind of stuck in the crawl of the Jaguars fans, thinking, man, we should have signed this guy. We could have had that guy. We could have had the other guy. The pass rusher for the Jaguars may actually be on the roster now. Trayvon Walker probably even more so, um, Josh Allen. Caleb on chase on, it's now or never for him. But I think the top guy with pass rushing ability, a guy that can get to the quarterback, if the defensive line can hold up and and control the opposing team's running game, it'll set up second and long, third and long, second down and long and third down and long pass rushing opportunities for Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, and perhaps a Caitlin Von Chase on and maybe even another linebacker like Olicon. And maybe Devin Lloyd, different guys. I think the pass rusher, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars pass rusher is on this team now. The Jags have drafted a lot of pass rushers. Not all of them have panned out. That's my take. Just a quick encore here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. You guys have a great day. You're listening, and you have been listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast on the Teal Shirt Report podcast network. Check us out at BigJReport.com. The best place to listen to the podcast, go to our website, scroll our homepage, and click on the Teal Shirt Report podcast on our homepage at BigJReport.com. Have a great day. My name's Scott, your host. I'm out. Check us out again soon. Keep checking back with us at the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. And, hey, have a great day. 